0: and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW group void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.
1: Oh no, is it everywhere? No, sure. Stay and sort that out. We can have dinner another time. Amazing.
0: Whether it's canceled plans.
1: <coughs> get in the kitchen and calm down.
0: Or the need for a quick, convenient distraction. Introducing Goodfellas Mini Pizzas.
1: Four mini pizzas made with respect that cook in 11 minutes. Goodfellas Minis. Embrace the unexpected.
0: Welcome to the Blood and Mud podcast, everyone. I am Lee, and over there basking in the radiant lights from the heavens as there is now officially nothing... Between his rugby team and God above, is
1: uh, it, damn. It feels good to be a gangster. Um,
0: <laughs>
1: yeah. Hi, yeah, uh, I remain Josh. I'm just. I was just sort of in a sort of fugue state of just delirious bliss that, that comes when you hit the number one rankings. You basically just sort of waft around on a cloud. It's. It's really. No. I really. I'd really recommend it. Genuinely.
0: You can waft around on a cloud. Being really, like, sort of snidey to New Zealanders on Twitter.
1: Yeah, I mean, we'll get to that, but uh, it has... We'll get to that. Yeah, it, 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 it has not decreased my chippiness, I'll put it that way. <laughs> and long may it be that way. As if you that can get every in touch land.
0: with the pod. If you want to experience Josh's chippiness, you can Absolutely. get in touch with me and experience whatever you want from me at blood BloodandMud or Lee at BloodandMud.com. Not whatever you want. That would be weird. But yeah. you can get in touch with me there.
1: <laughs> the and how do people experience. experience
0: your chippiness on Twitter? Should be interesting. Uh, yeah,
1: mainly on mainly on my chippiness is mainly on Twitter and on here. To be honest, I'm not that chippy. Wow. Well, I mean, yeah. Uh, at Josh Gardner at Rugby and indeed RugbyShirtWatch Indeed, we are. Uh, what do we think of the new France kit? Uh, I like it more in the flesh than I did on. In the photos, I quite like the little tricolour thing on the side. It's a little bit less boring that way.
0: I like the I like the fat ass cock.
1: Yes, I I'm a big I fan. Like of, I'm a big fan of big old cock.
0: And um, <laughs> just... I don't like the kind of top plate of it though. That looks like the are wearing not like knights used to wear over the, It's a weird like, sort of tabard thing, thing, isn't it? Yeah. It is weird. Yeah, I think if it was just all blue with that. Yeah, they've they'll almost. They nearly, it, they've be nearly right.
1: got it, and then they have sort of ruined it. And I wish they hadn't.
0: <laughs> How very French of them! <laughs> <laughs> it's like the history of French rugby in one Indeed. shirt. Yeah. You've nearly got it. Now you have sort of ruined it. Yeah. Um, you can. We are on Acast. We're yes. on iTunes or Apple Podcasts. Wherever you, wherever you can find pods, really. Yeah. But obviously, special people can come and find us at patreon.com slash Blood and Mud. Yeah. Thanks to all of you who subscribe there and support us. Uh, but a special thank you, as always, goes to those who've not only come into the Aleb Brew Lounge, where it's $2 to, mm-hmm. to experience you know, the lovely communal atmosphere, yeah. but they've also decided to put on their best check shirt, drench themselves in polo sport, <laughs> and step over the VIP lounge rope yeah. to sample the vodka and lime and become one of our dearest, yeah. dearest friends.
1: Yeah, literally just fill their boots with cocktail sausages, as you do.
0: Yeah. There's a bond between us and the VIP lounge people now as strong as th- that between a sort of Viet at Gwent front row yeah, between Warren and Bryn Gatland on the telephone.
1: Yeah, we're basically like a, a well-honed centre partnership at this point now. Uh, you know, we don't we don't really yeah. work if you sort of split us up. So.
0: We're as close as the Exeter squad to their blind barbers.
1: <laughs> yeah, that too.
0: So anyway, so the people who obviously we had a few people sign up over the summer because they couldn't be without us, and some people decided to do the VIP lounge route, and I've got to list them here. I forgot last week. So I'll list them now. Mm. Here are the people who signed up. John, that's all he said. John Dixon, Lee Cullen, Alan Searles, Cameron Black, Carl Innes, who has since left us. No. Oh. However, we thank him nonetheless. Indeed, thanks. You came in,
1: you tried it, you went. It's not for me. He's to probably do. still listening. Yeah. You, but obviously you
0: listen. went in and thought there's a bit too much yeah. of a there's too much of a manly vibe in here, he yeah, probably not thought. Too much for, not, not too not, much not of a womanly me, vibe. Yeah. It wasn't a vibe he liked yeah. anyway. So Dave Price, Gavin Smith, Matt Ford, and let me tell you, I spent many an evening with a Czech shirt drenched in polo sports <laughs> with Matt Ford in the nineties, <laughs> let me tell you. Um Matthew King. Paddy Goff, Paul Price, Pete Bolton, and Tommy G 78 Every single one of you now are our dearest, dearest absolutely. friends. Absolutely. Even Carl.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think he says a lot about you and your friends that some of your friends subscribe to our Patreon and absolutely none of mine do. Um, so for all of my <laughs> well, friends who are to Matt, He, does, um, he, you he does
0: live abroad. <laughs> he lives abroad. So I think he, he, he just, just likes to have some English of, chat.
1: He's just keeping in touch, you know? Yeah.
0: We begin as we always begin with a player spotted, after all that. Yes. Longtime listener Hannah Blunn DMs. Mm. Hello, Hannah. She says, I've got a player spotted for you if you wish. Well, if I do wish. wish, Hannah. Absolutely. He said, I work in a pub in the village of the town of East Kilbride. Is it a village or is it a town, Hannah? I'm confused <sighs> what you're telling me there. I'm confused now. I'm aware of East Kilbride. It's just 15 minutes outside Glasgow, says Hannah. I was working downstairs on Saturday, which is commonly known as the old man's... Bar out of the three that we have in the building. Mm. Anyway, I was walking around the behind the bar, as it was a piss poor dead Saturday night. When I noticed a remarkably shiny head sat beside a window to my left. Thankfully, there was no punters to witness go uh, m- witness me go. Oh my fuck! <laughs> as I realised, it was ex Scotland Scotland international Alastair Strock. My voice is gone. I'm very sorry, Alas de Strockosh.
1: I thought you were just struggling with Alastair Strockosh. Yeah, I mean it was always yeah. a hard one to say. One of the boldest men who's ever lived.
0: He was, yes. He says I haven't even real. I hadn't even realized I'd served the man he was with, along with the significant others, as I ran about the bar telling all of my colleagues who the bald man was, <laughs> despite nobody really giving much of a shit about who he was.
1: Isn't he involved in the Scotland setup now?
0: I don't know. He's definitely involved in being in Scotland because he's an East Kilbride. Am I right in thinking, Hannah, And you could and please message me and tell me. I don't think East Kilbride's a particularly um, exclusive part of of Glasgow. I don't know. I mean, anyway, I, res- she finishes I respect off with, him for that. She, uh, she finishes off with, I forgot to mention he was drinking extra cold Guinness.
1: Nice detail. See, if you're going to drink Guinness, just drink Guinness. Guinness extra cold is kind of pointless, isn't it?
0: Can you actually get anything other than the cold version? I don't know, actually. Because it always seems Guinness that drinkers, that's what's in so, the yeah. tap. There is no, like, There are, there aren't two pumps, I don't think. I think it is just simply extra cold. Hmm. And how much extra cold is it?
1: Who decided what cold meant and how it was I mean, extra? With I automatic. have a
0: similar problem with double strength squash.
1: How does that work? Oh, double strength squash is one of, Mank, the biggest swizzes of all time. Because <laughs> nobody uses... Like, everybody uses the exact same amount of squash that they always had. It's just their way of getting yeah, you to pay bizarre. more for less. It's astonishing when you think it's about very, it. very, very strange. We've all bought into this. We're mugs. Absolute mugs.
0: And the thing is, I don't. Eat, and the thing is, they don't sell normal strength squash anymore. It's just simply called a double strength squash. There's no like another. There's no other rack you can use to get your normal strength one. And now we do the news.
1: We do, we do do the news.
0: Um, I suppose the main news, not to be too, uh, it's quite serious. I suppose it's this uh, piece on Cain and Mile.
1: Yeah, I mean, honestly, it's you know, it's not news that I think any of us particularly relish talking about. But um yeah, fucking hell. If it's it's more than I it's more than just sort of a red flag as far as rugby's concerned. It's kind of a four minute fucking warning alarm, isn't it? You know, if half of what he's kind of talking about as being the kind of day to day of a professional player is accurate. It's incredibly alarming and disturbing, really, like and massive credit to him for coming out, to be honest, and saying what he went through. Yeah, because he's
0: he's gone to Oxford Uni now, hasn't he? Yes, former Wasps second row, isn't he? He's gone to Oxford Uni now, so obviously he's out of the game and can he's quite happy to speak openly, I suppose, because he, he obviously sees his professional career is over. Yeah, but um, the um, couple of quotes from it, he, obviously, he. I mean, it's difficult, isn't it? Because he was quite clearly not well. Yeah, and I mean that in the in the truest sense, he wasn't well. And it's hard to know how much of it is because of the job. Yes. And how much of it is because he wasn't well and it can happen to anybody and then the job didn't help.
1: No. but I, th- I think for I think, me
0: reading a lot of it, on.
1: I think it, it's interesting that, you know, it speaks to a problem that when there was sort of quite a fundamental structural problem, not just with rugby, but with sport in general, about how we deal with players when they have this sort of issue, you know? Like, Mm. because rugby players, sportsmen, they're like everybody else, you know. They are, you know, the sort of ratios for people who suffer from mental health problems will be exactly the same with rugby players. Except they
0: have to do it with people like us saying you played shit at the weekend. Yeah, yeah,
1: with much more fucking... External and internal pressure put on you. And yeah, I mean, it's how we take care of players who are effectively sort of removed from real life at the age of 15 or 16, who then at some point in their lives have to sort of confront real life is, is I think, something that's really important to take away from that.
0: Yeah, there's a couple of quotes from him that are quite interesting. You know, one of them, the pressures in rugby are only going to get bigger, mm. he says. Uh, they're increasing season on season far quicker than anything that is supposed to be helping, far quicker than anything that is actually supposed to be helping people. I yeah. think that's the thing people should pay attention to because people get ill, and it's not necessarily because of rugby. Some of it might be, but it's not necessarily because of rugby. But the fact that they're under more pressure and people are feeling worse, and yet the. Um, the player welfare support is just not keeping up with the pace Is that's the thing I think that, that rugby needs to pay attention to isn't it? Yeah
1: the thing that sort of stuck out with me was how you know they have these wellness checks and you do uh, you know you hear about it in the Wales camp you know every morning they have to you know when they're in with the squad they have to you know, fill out a survey about how they yeah. slept and how, and you know how easy he was to like cheat that because they're not designed for anything other really than monitoring you being a, a peak athletic performance. But there, I think there has to start to be something a bit more involved and a bit deeper than that. If because he just said he
0: just added like 40, three points. Yeah, on he it.
1: added forty percent to everything that he did. Did <laughs> you have
0: to add your scores
1: about of ten? Yeah, he says I just added forty percent to everything. Yeah and yeah it's like when you think that like and as you say he's obviously he's not well but when you think what's the sale lad Salom uh, Kuwadi who, who killed himself mm. um, like like what five or six mm. years ago now like it's it does show that you know things have not necessarily got better since then in terms of how we're looking after players in terms of their mental health at the level that is acceptable you know, and is is gonna make a difference. And I thought it was really telling that he noted that like a lot of the current coaches that he deals dealt with and deals with mainly played in the amateur era and they they don't have any clue about the stresses and the pressure of being a full time professional in twenty nineteen actually puts on a player because in their day most of them still have fucking jobs. And this was just something you did a couple of nights a week and on Saturdays. Or it was at the start yeah. of the professional era where it was very, you know, things were a lot less, you know, there was a lot less money in the game. It was a lot less everything. And, yeah. Yeah, and, and I think it's the, and it's imagine the
0: pressure that um, Opta type stuff must bring. Massively, yeah. You know, every minute, every second, every inch, every centimetre <laughs> of what you do is basically accounted for.
1: Yeah, it's pretty. And
0: it must be. I mean, we've all, you know, we've all worked in jobs where you are targeted and you have to deal with it yeah. to a certain extent, but it must just be incredible in rugby. You know, your weight, your training, what you're doing on the pitch, you're monitored the whole time. Yeah, it's absolutely says,
1: terrifying that, isn't it? How when you, everything, every bit of your life is basically some sort of metric for someone.
0: Or some sort of test. Yeah. You know, you're literally, everything you do is literally compared to probably somebody who wants your job. Mm. And, and I think that is different to... The reality of most people at work. No,
1: I completely agree. It's a different, it's a different kind of stress, a different level of stress, and I think it's, yeah, it's, there has to be something deeper than you know that fucking the the throwaway line. And I'm sure it's not representative, but you know, he mentioned to a coach that he was having trouble sleeping, and the coach was just like, "Yeah, crack one out before you go to bed, mate." It's like, yeah, fuck, you me. need to have a wank, mate. Yeah,
0: have you tried wanking more
1: often? <laughs> it's like that. <laughs> Cannot be the level we're operating. And I'm sure that was sort of like not representative of everything that went on. No, but
0: but I think when you're feeling low and somebody says that to you, it's really you think, not oh, helpful, is it? Is that yeah? Well, is that well? Is that what I'm not doing right then? Yeah, it's something else I'm not doing right. or oh, that doesn't fix it. Oh yeah. fuck. Um, he says as well here. When I was 17, we get sent down to England's under-18s national academy camp in Bath, and the training was horrific. They got it completely wrong. I did it for a year and I was thinking, I don't want to play rugby anymore. And then he got kind of branded as mentally weak afterwards. And he said it's because the experience was so awful. He just didn't want to do it. That's why he came across as mentally weak. And it's really strange. In In a way, the greatest sin in sport... Is basically being mentally weak,
1: isn't it? Yeah, and it's the its a thing that you hear so often in every sport, and you know, particularly in rugby. To be fair, yeah, exactly. But yeah, every sport. or
0: diffidence—you know—having no belief in your own abilities yeah. also seen is is such a big problem. And when I think about it, I mean, we all had a pop at Reese Priestland and stuff, and you yeah. look back at him and you think, well, actually, there's a guy who, I think doesn't have, despite all his talents, I don't think has a great deal of belief in his own ability and needs a lot of help to remind, no, be reminded the, how good he is. It's the classic arm round the shoulder. felt quite bad for a
1: minute. You know? Yeah, I think we all did on reflection because I think it, he had the unfortunate sort of thing of coming to prominence, both in a positive and negative way, at a time when the social media was quite new. You know, 2010, 2011, 2012 where i think people didn't really appreciate the lasting effects of what you said on that if somebody read it because you just it was you know it was fucking bullshitting in a pub to
0: yes and yeah i think, we, be I, think we also, forever, I think we all
1: felt. i think we i hope a lot of us you know think twice about that sort of stuff before we sort of lay into somebody unless Maybe. they really fucking deserve <laughs> it obviously um but yeah
0: but what see, it's it's and it's really that that i can only speak for myself because i played rugby right i wasn't very good but i am um as you may have noticed a very confident person in every you know i'm happy to tell people what i think mm. i'm happy to sing mm. i'm happy to do whatever and yet anything that was to do with physicality i lacked confidence completely yeah I'd have a go at rugby. I had no real confidence that I was any good, that I was strong enough, that I was good enough. And I always assumed for years and years and years that the people who I looked at and thought, they're a really, really good player, never had those doubts. Why would they? And yet, the more you get to, you think about people like Priest and the more you think about, you you read this, you realise that actually they're really fucking capable lads and and women, I imagine, in in, in the women's game are the same have the same, you know, some of them have the same doubts. I assume that if you're good at, if you were physically good at rugby, then you had you were just confident about it yeah, all it's that that, right it's the time. it's that sort of it.
1: thing of like, oh, well, if you're big enough, then that's going to give you the confidence. But then I suppose if you're somebody who's gone from being kind of uh, the best athlete on your team and then you're dropped into, say, for example, an England Academy session where all of a sudden you're not the biggest, the fastest, the strongest. And they strongest. just tell you that you're worthless for two hours or whatever. Yeah, well, this is the other thing Was like, that stood out for me was his quote about like how his teammates dreaded going into England camp. And it had nothing to do with being worried about the physical aspects of training or the media. It's a combination of pressure, pressure scrutiny, what's going to be said, and what they're going to be made to do within the confines of cap, the camp. What are the longevity of those sort of tactics? What the fuck are they doing in camp? Mm. That's basically like psychologically breaking top athletes. Like, well,
0: they're getting physically broken often enough. Yeah. So, um, but he says,
1: you know, it's not the physical thing. It's, it's, you know, what? The, this isn't fucking SAS training. This is a fucking kids' game that people get paid money for. Like, what, <laughs> what are they actually doing? And should they be? I think is, is is a big question for me. It's like, are we? I understand that you know we have to it's 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 all to me reeks of i'm sorry to blame clive, clive woodward for everything but i mean here we go <laughs> but like oh for god's you sake you know how clive woodward brought sort of management nonsense into rugby and you know how management mm. nonsense always sort of seems to want to take you on an outward bounds course to you know you know to learn something. To learn something, to, you know, to push you to your... I have learned something. You your, <laughs> I don't fucking like camping. Yeah. to push you to your mental, physical limits. I honestly feel that sort of mindset of like, oh, if you want to get the best out of somebody, you've got to sort of make them... Fuck, you know, it was the classic England doing training with the fucking Marines of all the 2011 World Cup and all this sort of shit. It's like, really?
0: I your Wales are the same, oh, going oh, to hang off a mountain oh, in Poland absolutely. in they're January. Different, whatever they're they're, doing, they're
1: different it? sides of the same coin. But it's like, what are we really doing? Like, Do we need to be screaming at players and telling them they're fucking shit all the time? Is that really... That might have been how drill sergeants did it in the 1960s and how rugby coaches did it when they had you for one evening a week, two evenings if you're lucky, and then on Saturday to get some sort of reaction. But if it's every fucking day and it's your job, is that really a healthy way to inspire athletic performance i don't know if it is and it's worth thinking about i think yeah there's a there's a sort of thing of enthusiasm when you start it's the classic thing of like you have to motivate people when you get out of that original like that basic enthusiasm for doing their job that sort of when you start doing when you become a player first of all if you're playing rugby you know when you're a fucking academy kid or whatever of course you want to do it because you've you want to play rugby but when you've been playing for four or five years it's how you maintain that commitment and that motivation and i'm not sure and that is certainly in in the corporate culture they're coming around to like you say it's not about fucking bollocking people it's making people feel invested and wanting to go the extra mile and i don't Maybe it is taking somebody to a fucking camp in Switzerland and beasting them for a fucking week and making them all feel together. But I don't know if that's the case universally. It's a funny one. It's a weird one.
0: It it is a weird one, and it seems that what we do learn is that the England camp is basically the Stanford prison experiment, by the sounds of things.
1: (laughs) There is a, a, a bit of that, and I'm... I mean, Eddie looks like the sort of man who'd enjoy that, doesn't he? You know, just fucking with people for the sake of it.
0: Well, he does well. I think it's a large part of what he tries to achieve, yeah. I'm, I'm sure he wouldn't <laughs> yeah, even be I mean, sorry certainly, about
1: it. Certainly his attitude, it's certainly his attitude to the yeah. media, so yeah. Uh, but yeah, so I think it's it's well worth reading that Rob Kitson's piece. It is very in well the Guardian, worth you know. And, and then uh, all the best to him, all the best to him. Absolutely, yeah. I mean he's a good thing, he's he's doing a PhD that's studying this in a hope to kind of make things better for people to come after him, which I think is incredibly laudable.
0: Yeah, uh so that was that. What's what other news have we got? Argentina's squad's been announced.
1: Yes. Uh I mean I was I just what's what's the point of they Argentina's management went to the trouble of relaxing their eligibility rules, right? Primarily so that they would be able to pick Falcundo Issa and Santiago Cordero in their yep. World Cup squad, and so they went to the trouble of doing that, and then Mario has just gone, nah. Yeah, I think mental. Yeah, I think
0: they they did that, but also said they will be giving preference preference to people who are staying in Argentina. That's that's going to be part of what they're thinking about, and I think he just doesn't fancy Issa in his starting. Twenty-three, I think It doesn't work because he. I think he's playing. And that to me is insane. Is he? He's playing what Matero, Ortego Desio. Yeah, and and I mean, they not probably, short to good that's back his, That's his back. And and I think the the, hmm. the thing that's really made people go, "You were," is the fact that he's not taking easy, but he is taking one hundred and twenty-two year old Leguizamon.
1: Yeah, that's the part that I mean it's not like Argentina's pack has been tearing up trees recently. And I just think to, to leave a a dynamic ball carrying player like him at home is a big old call. When you're in a group with England and with France, you're going to need a good pack of forwards if you want to get out of that group, you know? And yeah, it's just weird to me. I don't, I, it doesn't make sense.
0: No, it doesn't make sense to me. Imhoff's not going. I mean, to be honest, they're not struggling for outside backs, are they?
1: Imoff Yeah, Imoff Imof and Cordero I sort of understand, although I do, I do think that Cordero is better than anything that they've got. Um, But they're not short of exciting. You know, if anything, they need to play less mental, yeah. not more mental. But <laughs> well, they've
0: got to collect. <laughs> Cordero but they, doesn't really... That, you know, Mayano has come through this season. He's pretty fucking handy, isn't he? I'm not too... Yeah. Uh,
1: yeah. Um yeah, so it's an interesting squad. I'm not sure it's uh it's As a, I, as I said last week, as every week squad, goes by, I'm happy see. as an England person every time I look at Argentina. I so. don't blame you at all. Yeah. Any more um, news? Paul uh has uh got himself Slapped with a six week ban for uh taking John Barkney's head off that on the weekend. So uh, somehow that was missing. I mean, at if you look time. at where
0: Nigel, I felt bad actually because I did say nice legal clear out there, Nigel, and posted a video. And everyone started having a go at Nigel. Oh, I said I wasn't trying to have a go at Nigel, I was just simply making that point to say it wasn't legal, sort of thing. Yeah, and when you look at it, he probably was unsighted. Although Ricky Jones got into
1: but the TLO no, no, wasn't. Now
0: there was the, the lino, <laughs> but uh. Ricky Jones got in touch on Twitter, which made me laugh, and he said, Nigel doesn't do much these days except the odd premeditated soundbite or a daily tweet about what an absolute honour and privilege everything he did the previous day was. (laughs) (laughs) Which is probably a little bit harsh, but did make me giggle.
1: It is somebody uh, who should be left nameless in the pod who vaguely knows nige said that he reads a lot of his i think he name searches on twitter and takes quite a lot of it to heart which i feel yes, quite indeed. bad about but then at the same time i think nige please stop trying to be a fucking celebrity and then we'll have no we won't be able to be to I'd you like to say what a
0: privilege it was um, to use to andrex toilet paper on my <laughs> ass yesterday <laughs>
1: Oh uh, um yeah, other news, um, because we're like twenty five minutes into this podcast <laughs> and we still haven't done the podcast. Um uh John Afoa and Callum Sheedy uh, have re upped with Bristol. Um Sergio Parise is unsurprisingly going to another World Cup, um, where he will be Italy's worst player. <laughs> um yeah, the
0: only one anybody talks about.
1: The only one, um and Joey Carberry's uh, recovery time is four to six weeks. Um, according to which is cutting it pretty fine, given that the World Cup is four weeks away. Um, I think he's going to struggle. Any? Yeah, I mean, he's not going to be like in brilliant shape, having come back from a an ankle. Was it an ankle injury that he's got? I don't you know, remember. That's Those sort of things are, it's particularly ankle ligaments. I've done my ankle movements loads of times. That does not feel right for
0: Well, ages. we could see Paddy Jackson at a World um, Cup. Think about that. <laughs> <laughs> We're not going to, but just imagine. Can you imagine?
1: <laughs> oh, imagine it. Oh, God, it makes me feel ill. Anyway, that, that was, was the, news. the news.
0: Right then, so shall we talk about the weekend then? Lots of, you know, a few games this weekend. Yes. Can we talk about France first? I know we kind of have um, already.
1: Yes, I mean... Oh, they looked great, didn't they? I fucking take... loved it. They Ooh. did look great. And yet, I, I'm i just unconvinced that they, like, to, if they can do this this weekend as well against Scotland and play as well as they did on the weekend, then I will be a little bit more sort of amenable to to actually buying into this, but for the time being, certainly. I just don't like I've been hurt too many times before, is what I'm saying.
0: Scotland is I mean, as well, it's it's uh Scotland were so ridiculously powder puff at the weekend. I mean France looks so dominant, yeah, but actually Scotland were a mile away. I think there's a lot of um and we'll come to this later on, but there's there's been some pretty thermonuclear takes about Scotland. They got um. They got <laughs> they really got accused of having no plan B by a number of people. But to be honest, at the weekend, and I think too often, they have no plan A because actually, plan A in rugby no. for every team is win the fucking ball and do a bit of damage with it, then yeah. go and do the other stuff. Yeah. So in a way, their problem is they've got too much plan B, which is all the stuff in behind.
1: Yeah, they react. They were very much reacting and not acting. On the weekend, I felt, and yeah, it was a, it felt very similar to England Wales the week before, to be honest, in that it felt like two teams that were in very different places they <laughs> yeah, were different their, parts on the of the yeah, the of,
0: journey to fitness, yeah
1: yeah on the on the conditioning and on the prep plan. It didn't look like Scotland had done a lot of rugby work recently, they certainly haven't done a lot of defensive work recently, but um. Or quite a lot of those players there were, as is going to be probably become the most used phrase in the World Cup warm ups. There were a, a lot of decisions. decisions being made the, um, in defence.
0: I think, yeah. there's, and there's been lots of reports in France that Galtier's effectively come in and said you lot are all a disgrace, and you're all going to work very hard to get fit now. By the way, <laughs> I mean, I mean he's, he's not, not wrong. at all, and I think you, he's absolutely. And, and that, to be honest, if he gets that right, and they can put some shit together, oh, every, yeah. you know. Honestly Weren't they forty to a, one last week? We had the joke fit. they're forty to one last week. I bet they're shorter now.
1: I know. I bet they're shorter now. I know. If we could if we can get France fit, I mean that's terrifying as far as I'm concerned. Like because they've always been good like skills wise most of the time and they've always been defensively solid. The problem has always been that they've just you know, basically stopped. France is still
0: at thirty-three to one. Oh, I tell you what, that is definitely worth an each way better of anybody's <laughs> that money. Out,
1: that is worth it. E- if you if you go to Red Zone, whatever the fuck that is, or indeed Coral, you can get forty to one on France. The forty still. to one at Skybet, I think. Christ! Oh no, the thirty-three to yeah. one at Skybet. Forty now, to one. Forty to one. someplace. Yeah. yeah, Sky are forty to one. Here's a- I, that's worth an each. That is well worth I don't think they'll win it, but I could It's worth twenty quid. France it's worth a tenner each final. way. It's worth twenty quid, it's, isn't it? Absolutely. It's worth a fiver. I mean Jesus, it's worth a quid. You'll get forty. The number quid. one team in the world are eight to one. Not as fancy yeah, as England well, at I eleven mean, to two. <laughs> we'll 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 come on to that in a minute, <laughs> yeah. I think. But um yeah. Uh Scotland though, like while Obviously, there's a lot of very drastic conclusions being drawn by that, that from this performance that absolutely shouldn't be. And they may well write the ship this weekend at Murrayfield, but that sort of... It still remains the fact that Scotland travel worse than fucking Brains Beer. You know? It's, it's like... worse than 70s get them within... Guinness. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you get them... They've got four weeks to fix it, but you... Still, you take them anywhere else but Murrayfield, like they just seem to to not be bothered. And I'm sorry if this is like a revelation, but the World Cup is not being played in Scotland, it's being played a very long way away. I think the
0: worrying thing for Scotland, because we all want Scotland to do, and I'm not trying to be patronised here, I really want Scotland to do well. And I think lots of people do, because I think it's just good to have them mm. doing well. But um, I, I keep thinking back. And ironically, the only dominant performance I can remember them putting in is that Calcutta Cup game year before last. Yeah. So it's obviously yeah. in them. Which is a fantastic it's performance. In them, but... but actually, even when they win, it's hard to go, you know what, that was a dominant performance. And, I'm, and I think in rugby, mm. even, you know, you have to be, have the ability to dominate a performance. Even if you can score three nice tries and yeah. maybe get a win, it's almost more important to be able to dominate
1: yeah, and you look at you look at Wales or you look at Ireland, and you look, you know Wales are a team that desperately needs to remember how to attack. Well, they can dominate, judging by the last two weeks, but they can fucking dominate a game, and they can they can grind out a win. I am not convinced that Scotland have got it in them to grind out a win, and that that I think is what people are talking about when they talk about the plan B mm. is that they don't have. It in them I think to get into a, a proper fucking arm wrestle against a team that's defensively solid enough to stop them doing what they do and yeah it's still an issue because away from home it is an issue because teams always defend harder and better at home you know it's a weird one but it's true uh, England-Wales Well, what a fucking horrible all, game we've, yeah terrible game uh, I still don't think Wales can win the World Cup with Bigger at 10. Like I love Dan Bigger. I thought he's a fucking winner. He's a bastard. He he's showed as everything all hell, he and... was about on Saturday. Yeah. But yeah, he's, he he was basically fucking Dan Bigger squared on <laughs> he Saturday. Was, yeah. he, everything that he did was Dan Bigger on fucking... Yeah. The But the only time we looked like scoring was against 14 men after a bit of sort of superb opportunism on his part. You know, beautifully the executed. The so cross essential. kicks executed before. Oh, incredibly. Ball. Yeah, perfectly. Perfectly. It was pure Dan Bigger But the difference, the reason that Anscombe was so important was that he could play tactically and take the ball to the line and provide a running threat and generally make Wales much more threatening in an attack. And without him, we are back to grinding out wins to dominate in games without fucking ever really battering anyone. And. It's harsh on him. It's unbelievably harsh on him because he's a great player and so, I thoroughly loved him yeah. chippily fucking calling out JJ Williams. <laughs> to coin weekend, a, but
0: an NFL phrase. He's not a quarterback who can who can operate a
1: complex offense, is he? No, he is what in, in the You'll know you're not a term better NFL than the a, he's a game manager yes. in that way. He is you know he is someone who does all of the basics and he is a player who will be you know, he won't be appreciated for his qualities until he's gone by Wales fans in the manner of Stephen Jones, in the manner of Neil yep. Jenkins, because what he does, he does incredibly well. However, Wales should be thinking about winning this World Cup. And I just, I honestly think that... So you agree. you agree in with JJ then? these last two warm-up games. I agree with him to a point. I think that having Dan Bigger... Wales could win a World Cup with Dan Bigger, but... I think it's much more likely that they do it while playing a bit more expansively and threateningly than they do with him at 10. And I honestly think, like, in these last two games, Dan Bigger shouldn't go and be near a rugby field for the next month. Doesn't He was limping be. when he came off, um, he? he was
0: definitely moving a bit gingerly. Yeah,
1: and he's an absolute, you know, he's a safety blanket par excellence because he will never let you down. But I would say if Jared Evans or Reese Patchell can play well in the last two games, I'd have him them start one of them starting against Georgia in the hope that they can do a sort of Reese Priestland in 2011 esque clicking into place. Garland
0: said he's making loads of changes for it. Ireland
1: anyway. He said that. He said at the end of the game. I know yeah. that. I had to yeah, it's transcribe it live,
0: <laughs> and it's stuck in my head.
1: So. <laughs> it's it's gonna be the twos against Ireland, uh, and rightly so. But um, yeah, it's, it's it's a fun. I feel for him because I love Dan Bigger and I love his. Absolute shithousery, and I love that he just is a complete prick on the rugby field and refuses to take any kind of backward step. But I also see his limitations as a fly off for what Wales are trying to do, and I just don't see us going deep into this tournament with that kind of limited game plan still. Oh no, is it everywhere? No, sure, stay and sort that out. We can have dinner another time. Amazing.
0: Whether it's cancelled plans...
1: (laughs) Get in the kitchen and calm down.
0: ...or the need for a quick, convenient distraction. Introducing Goodfellas Mini Pizzas
1: Four mini pizzas made with respect That cook in 11 minutes Goodfellas Minis, embrace the unexpected
0: When we talk about quitting smoking
1: When my first child was born, for them Obviously money We talk about why so much Health, for myself
0: My family, I'm a mom. It becomes part of the habit The smell of my clothes
1: oh, shit. I just yeah.
0: You've already talked about why you want to quit So let's start talking about how If you stop smoking for 28 days You're five times more likely to quit for good For tips, tools, and real support, visit quit.ie or free phone 1-800-201-203 and make the next stop your last stop from the HSE. Yes, but his limited game plan didn't half expose Elliot Daly's limited game plan
1: as a fullback, didn't it? And indeed, you know, quite a lot of the England back three except for Anthony Watson, really. Um, I don't... What is the, the logic in playing... Anthony Watson on the wing and Elliot Daly at fullback. When Anthony Watson seems like he'd be a better international fullback, I think it's just possession. Elliot is nine, Daly would be a better wing.
0: I think it's just possession is nine tenths of the law, sort of thing. And as yeah, I, I don't but, understand because if you're going to go for a ball handling fullback, which is what Elliot Daly offers more than Anthony Watson does, then Alex yes, Goo's a much better version of well, that. He's got much
1: better. He's got much better vision than. But Elliot Daly's
0: Daly, pace that. here, so I think what what Eddie sees is that Elliot Daly's enough Alex Gooden enough Alex and um Anthony Watson to be the fullback he wants, but I don't think Elliot Daly can see that. So Daly doesn't hit the line like a running fullback, but then also doesn't hit the line like a handling fullback either. So what no. you get is is kind of neither fish nor um uh, another kind of fish.
1: Fish, yeah. No, well, no it's <laughs> interesting when you look at the way that he particularly. A, he's not brilliant under the high ball, but, but also when you see him returning kicks, he doesn't run the line that you would expect the fullback to run, and I think a lot of that is because he's, you know, he's not really had that much experience playing fifteen. You know, he's been moved around with wasps constantly, he's been moved around with England constantly, like. I mean, only
0: playing 15 at international level is definitely the way to go, is it? That's the easiest way to become a 15. <laughs> it's
1: so, yeah, it's like you look at somebody like Liam Williams or Ben Smith, and the way you know when they start on a run, and if you're so particularly if you're at the game and you're watching from that sort of behind position, you can see where they're running because they're running, you know, away from the defense towards where they want to cut against the grain or hit a hole or whatever. And Elliot Daly just doesn't seem to run those same he sort of runs slightly wrong and then just ends up usually getting I think tack- there's there's a certain amount of intuition that you need as a full back. Yeah to,
0: for the you have to it's one of the, the biggest positions you have to have a feel for, I think. And I don't think you have to play there all the time to have a feel for it really, because William Williams plays wing a lot for his club. And yet he just knows what yeah. he's doing, you know. He has, and I think and I'm not sure Daly's quite got the right at that level, the feel for it. I and think.
1: You, and you look at and, and somebody who's, you know, been beaten with that stick for his entire career is Lee Halfpenny. You know, mm-hmm. Lee Halfpenny, a converted winger, never seems to like. Even though he works very, I thought he played very well on the weekend for a man who barely fucking put his boots on for a year, um, but when he gets the ball in his hands, he doesn't run in that instinctive knowing where the space is way that somebody like Liam Williams or Alex Good runs. Yeah. Despite the fact that he's been playing fullback for 10 years now, because it's just, I think it's just innate.
0: I do like the idea, though, that um, he was literally drawing like the pint pot to his lips
1: <laughs> as somebody shouted, don't drink that. Wait, he literally had he had done a fucking altitude fitness session <laughs> that morning. He had—he had done like a—he had done extra fitness and then an altitude session. So his—he could barely walk. And then they were just like, "Yeah, you're gonna have to play eighty minutes of test rugby against England, then, mate." And he just went, all "Step right. away
0: from the buffet. You're going on."
1: <laughs> I thought it, what was very funny, and I don't know whether this is like. Because Lee Halfpenny's an Under Armour athlete, obviously. But I don't think he'd even... Because he didn't think that he was going to be playing a game of rugby, I don't think he'd brought his scrum cap with him. Because he was wearing just a random scrum, yeah, scrum cap. Yeah, that's true. With, it's very well tape, spotted, yeah. With tape over the... Well, you know, I, I I noticed these things. He taped over the logo. And I honestly think he he was so convinced that he wasn't playing any part in this game that he had left his fucking scrum cap at home and somebody had to go can we can can we pop to fucking shop rugby or whatever and grab me a fucking scrum cap please.
0: Can we got a sports uh, direct. Yeah Uh yeah so uh, and I mean yeah. from an England point of view though I'm in a position probably you were in last week going, I'm not really that I'm not really that worried. I think we know that George Ford's kicking mm-hmm. game's not up to it.
1: Yeah, he's kind of not some people have criticised his ability to get the backline moving, and I don't think that's the problem. I think he gets the backline moving fine, well enough. I think the problems with the backline are, are elsewhere in that backline. Well, he gets but,
0: through uh, the line a lot. He breaks the line yeah, quite he a bit breaks himself. It's just he's not making the decision to do that at the right times. And when he does well, kick, he, the kicking is
1: awful. It was incredible. Like, for, for as well as Lee Halfpenny played, it was, for the most part extremely easy yes. he <laughs> was just like what so you want me to stand 30 in 30 yards of open space with nobody yeah. anywhere near me and catch a that ball that is the All
0: opposition right. not a target Josh you <laughs> uh,
1: your Josh George yeah. thank you very much yes um, I got it, called George once by a Nando's person although well, I did the takeaway but easy. like George with a J I you did tell you, you that up...
0: story when I called a woman I worked with in a meeting who's called Joyce I called her
1: Josh I'll I tell mean, you that is... story that is awkward. And I went, oh, yeah.
0: God, I'm really sorry. I've got a friend that called Josh that I talk to a lot. <laughs> and then the next time I had to speak to her, I said, yeah, so the thing is Josh. Joy, I, mean, I Josh of,
1: is good, yeah.
0: I kind of mangled it. I went yeah,
1: Dutch. I, I once rang up by a local Nando's to get a takeaway order, and then I turned up and said my name, and they were like, we have a George. <laughs> and I was like, and it was literally J-E-O-R-G. And I was like, do I, I mean, yeah, it's me, but do I sound and look like a George I mean maybe I do maybe I don't know anyway, anyway. um yeah I mean England wise like I would be concerned if your two good sevens don't get fit and informed by the World Cup because you know fair play to both to... play six as well yeah <laughs> yeah but like I would yeah I would want both of them in the back row or you know Mark Wilson and one of them because I think... Perm three think,
0: from Vanapola, Underhill, Curry and Wilson. I think anybody'd be happy with that. It's Maybe fine, a bit
1: yeah. more experience you'd
0: want, but in terms of going into the tournament, the issue, I can yeah. live with that.
1: The issue you get, I think, is if anything happens to any of those people. And you know, with with great respect to Ludlam, like he's he he put himself about on in both games to be. And I know that England fans clearly enjoyed watching him just flying around. Yeah, he's
0: not I intimidated. Just... That's easy to admire.
1: Yeah. Yes, but at the same time, I don't think he flew around with any great impact. It was just like, all right, lad, you're going to fucking smash, fly up, and try and smash somebody. Well, there's a big hole behind you now, so we're just going to run through that.
0: Uh, yeah, in the in the battle of the young players, I think I would, I'd, I'd rather have Aaron right. I'd be, I'd rather I mean, be in your
1: position. What a fucking. I mean, this a lot has been talked about his rise to test player having been playing for Cardiff Met 18 months ago. But fucking hell, he's good, isn't he? Yes. And he's 21 years old and he's just... He does all of the things that Wales have needed a six to do for some time in that he's very athletic and he flies around like a young Dan Lydiate on defence. And, and,
0: and he jumps in the line out.
1: And he jumps very well in the line out. And
0: um, the thing I like most about him is I've got a lot of respect for the fact that he doesn't put products in his hair. Yeah,
1: just the just fact that he's look. completely
0: fluffy, just a massive yeah. fluffy thing, yeah. is, goes Where's, a long way for
1: me, that it goes a long way for me. Contrast that with, with Dan Bigger's fancy new haircut with his high and tight and his, his little quiffy thing on the front. There's yes. a lot of there's a lot of volumising powder and matte paste involved there. That's all I'm going to say.
0: Dan Bigger's the only person in South Wales who still buys mousse. <laughs> He's not, is he?
1: There's plenty of people who are buying moose. There's a lot of people who are buying moose. There's a lot of people who are buying wet-look gel, let's be honest. Yeah. But, I mean, it's interesting. A lot of the Welsh team looked like... Remember how when the Welsh team went through their sort of fake tan phase? And we went... I mean, Jared I mean, Evans is still, still a, massively I mean, in the middle of it. So well, I mean, he's very much.
0: I loved him running match. on. It's just like, oh, I fucking love you. You look like so many fly halves I played against in Division Four <laughs> Southeast. Do you know? What I, mean? I love the fact that even though he's quite That's clearly same. brilliant yeah. and a pro, yeah. he still has that stench of, you know, I, I, I play for Trinan to buy him. You
1: know, yeah. it's 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 called being from the valley. <laughs> <I think.
0: laughs> he's from Ponty, isn't <laughs> he? He's a Ponty like yeah. he?
1: Yeah, and and I I just but I was looking at all the well stream thinking fucking hell a lot of them look like they've been on the fake tan and then I thought oh no they've just spent the last month in fucking (laughs) the Swiss Alps getting beasted in 37 degree heat that's that tan is real now that's the first real tan any of them have ever had Uh, but yeah on on the whole it felt like more of a test match than last week I felt like.
0: Yeah, I suppose in the kind of arm wrestle physicality of it. I think about half an yeah. hour in, I was like, it's hard to feel that anybody cares about this, that they really are just kind of going through the motions a bit. But it did pick up a bit, I think.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I, it felt more, of a, in terms of its intensity, it felt more like a test match. It wasn't a good match by any stretch. It yes. was still very much a warm-up game. But it felt You can like- always tell it's
0: a terrible match when Sky keeps saying it's a proper test match. <laughs> what they mean by that That's, is that yeah, was a yeah. dreadful game of rugby,
1: don't they? Yeah. How are how are you lot still watching this? Yes, this,
0: oh, this is a proper test match. Yeah, it's yeah. proper shit, yeah. is what it is.
1: Yeah, and you can also tell it's a lot. If it felt like a proper test match, so the amount of fucking moaning about contentious refereeing calls that went on during and after the game, <laughs> it's like it's a bit. If, if you're getting that angry about like yellow cards, non-yellow cards, or whatever, like. You might just need to uh, for a, a meaningless warm-up game before a World Cup. I think you just need to go outside. You know, I know the weather was shit this weekend, but still, like <laughs> the the Watson yellow was the most obvious yellow in the history of yellows. I mean, oh
0: my god, yeah,
1: and somebody, <laughs> it was like he had three men outside. Somebody him said to
0: thought he was he was harshly done to because you've got to use your arms. Exactly, it was like he knew exactly what he was doing, hmm. exactly what he was doing.
1: Yeah, the Wales quick tap was perfectly legal because he called time on. And they were like, it wasn't their fault that Anthony Watts was taking a sweet time to get off the field. And Dan Bigger was a very lucky boy not to get a yellow for his weird <laughs> flying tackle on his Oji. But I still don't understand what he was doing. There. That was a,
0: that was a penalty as all day long. It was like he least. was trying
1: it. It was like he was trying to do a charge down to something that didn't need to be. He was trying <laughs> to charge down at Oji's face. I don't. It it was needed so like weird. one of those kind of
0: ring sound effects sort yeah. of thing, like the killer cars in Monty Python yeah. and.
1: It was so weird. I don't understand, but yeah, that he probably should have been off for that. But if any of those facts still upset you in any way, yeah, it's a, a pre-season meaningless one. I think game. everyone is projecting Sim forward
0: that. to the to the nightmare that will be some all the knockout games where all this stuff will surface again. That's what the issue yeah. is,
1: isn't it? And I mean the the, the most important factor about this game. That I've learned since this game, of course, is uh, that people get very sniffy and pissy about world rankings when it just <laughs> does what it's supposed to do,
0: don't yeah. they? I mean, the teams that win the I, most over a period of time tend to get ranked quite well. Uh, what, what do you want me he, to say?
1: Yeah, people. People wonder why the Welsh can be a bit chippy about these things, but when even our sort of most minor and unimportant unimportant achievements, which this is, let's be honest. <laughs> inspire just tiresome, boring cunts from wellington to washington state to just queue up to try and sort of diminish it for some reason it's like it's a maths equation that's what you're getting angry about it's literally <laughs> an algorithm like i mean world ranking you should be not... more angry
0: when an algorithm slots fucking cold play into one of your into one of your personalized playlists yes. that's something yes. to get angry about not yes. this
1: I mean, honestly, we we can't bloody win the Six Nations without being told it's because other teams were having bad years and we got lucky or because the moon is in fucking retrograde or whatever. Um, But, like, not a vintage year.
0: (laughs) That's the classic one.
1: (laughs) Yes, it is a classic. But, like, the world (laughs) rankings don't matter. They have no bearing on any damn thing bar World Cup seedings. And as David Flatman actually rightly pointed out at the end of the Wales England game on Saturday on the comms, they don't mean anything unless you're number one. Yes, like, exactly. Yeah. When you're number one, it's, it's nice, you know, like, I'm not going to lie. But all they're there to do is recognise consistency and success over an extended period of time against quality opposition. That's exactly what yeah. Wales have done.
0: It doesn't mean For that literally on months. Saturday you were the best team in the world in the way you played rugby. No. It doesn't mean that. It's just a.
1: No, it means that in the last 12 months the All Blacks have lost three games and drawn one, and Wales have lost one
0: against similar opposition.
1: Yeah, and in that Arguably. time they've beaten they've beaten all three teams who've beaten New Zealand in the last twelve yeah. months. Like, and you actually, could
0: argue Will, Will Greenwood said, and there's not much I agree with him on, but he said, "Look, I've been in a team that was number one in the world, and believe me, it matters."
1: Yeah, it matters. You could see the like how happy the Wales players were when they turned over that uh, rolling mall right at the end. You know, they were fucking. That was a up fucking there.
0: magnificent effort, actually. Oh, right yeah. right well, in England's wheelhouse. A, a yeah. front ball catch and drive and they repelled it. Yeah.
1: yeah. And but you could tell the absolute the genuine pumped up emotion was you know, it does mean something to be the top ranked team in the world. You can tell it by how fucking sniffy and pissy the All Blacks are that they're number two this week.
0: Yes. You know. They've not taken it well, have they? They've not taken I mean, it well. Let's be honest, we're all just we're all just borrowing this off the All Blacks and we're all allocated we are, like, a period of time with it, aren't we? That's yeah, the bottom line, I mean, but
1: the, the sort of the real issue here probably is that the All Blacks haven't been unseated sooner given that over the last 2 years they've not been, you know, uniformly brilliant. They still keep like, winning
0: though, don't they, generally. They
1: still keep winning, but you know, when Ireland went on that amazing run last year and then they beat the All Blacks at the end of it, like they were but they were still entrenched in number 2. They arguably deserved the top spot probably albeit fleetingly mm. as you say, more than Wales do now, but it's not a fucking championship belt. This isn't boxing. Like, <laughs> yeah, you don't exactly. get to be like this isn't the Cuthbert Police on Cup. You don't get to fucking be number 1 by beating the team the that's Cuthbert currently the Cuthbert Police
0: in possess- on Scepter. I think you'll find. Oh, oh,
1: RIP. Um saying like Wales don't deserve number 1 ranking is saying like if Man City like have the most points at the end of this Premier League season but they haven't beaten Liverpool that they don't deserve to win the league. It's like mm. that's not how the system works. Don't it's no, yeah. nobody's ever had a problem in, for the last 10 and years and you're allowed
0: to be happy about it if you are number one, yeah. it's allowed it's yeah. a perfectly yeah. rational and normal thing to be happy about yeah. so everyone so fuck off
1: yeah, you can go oh yeah, that's nice, it's nice to be number one that feels what, I nice, don't yeah. have, what I don't have a lot of truck with is people going, oh you know this elation of 4 million people being number one in the world, the team that's won been number one in the world for the last 10 years has only got like 6 million people in it, so let's not you know be like oh look how plucky and small we are we're the best in the world because and
0: one of them's neil finn exactly what is wrong with crowded house (laughs) by the way
1: uh i mean how long do you want this podcast to go (laughs) really um i'll just say all of their hits are bad and i'll leave it at that
0: i mean weather with you is terrible it's probably one of the worst songs you know yeah i'm not going to argue with it
1: on that one an abysmal song and if that's the sort of the standout tune from your oeuvre, then I think you've got problems. But yeah,
0: well, it, it shouldn't be though. Do you know what I mean?
1: Well, anyway, anyway, thought...
0: yeah. <laughs> Moving on. Speaking of New uh, Zealand, they bounced back, didn't they?
1: I mean, they might have. You know, I have been banging the the New Zealanders are not as good as they th- everyone thinks they are. Drum for. You know, two years. So effective. they brought in a load of sort of
0: like new players and just fucking <laughs> battered Australia.
1: Well, that's the thing. Yeah, they they might have. Fought. All it took was like 36 getting, nil. Christ. Yeah, almighty. getting fucking battered by their most hated rivals, as sort of knocked the rust off a long last. Because that was like probably the most complete All Blacks performance I've seen in the last two years. Certainly against a decent team, but we can not will they keep play if they keep playing like that great but they've always they... had that enemy for the past couple of years
0: it's just it yeah. never looks as convinced all the times either
1: yeah and it's like let's not forget this was australia a team so fucking adept at going from the sublime to the ridiculous week on to be honest even minute by minute that they should probably just like replace the wallaby mascot with like an erratically swinging pendulum
0: Kurt Bieler, um, like, he put it out of shit. Lookalike brought in this week
1: while he was, like, he on did, a beach somewhere. He was, he was so good last week. And so, I mean, if the All Blacks go through the rest of the rugby championship playing like they did on Saturday, uh, well, then everyone else might as well just treat Japan as a nice holiday <laughs> because they... But, like, again, let's see what happens next week because, yeah, it's consist consistency, ironically, is the reason that Wales are number one in the world albeit briefly, hmm. and inconsistency is the reason that the All Blacks are number two at the moment. Right. And it's
0: on it's on a curve, but yeah, inconsistency, I see what yeah. you're saying,
1: yeah. Can they, can they keep playing, like if they do, the rest of us shouldn't fuck even bother, to be honest, because they're going to win the World Cup at a canter, because when they when it clicks, as they demonstrated on Saturday, they're fucking unplayable, still. Kel surprise.
0: Anything else on the weekend before you we move on to shit good, which is mostly about the um, weekend?
1: I still haven't seen a single sensible justification as to why teams are picking their World Cup squads with a month and two warm-up games or three warm-up games left to go. Still haven't got one. Okay. Italy, have picked the- Italy have picked theirs now. South Africa have cut the squad down. It's like, what's what, what, what are you gaining by depriving yourself of players to use in warm-up yeah, games? because
0: what are they going to do in September? They've got about three weeks in September where they're not playing any games, haven't they?
1: It's like, all you're doing is intentionally exposing your first choice players to the maximum amount of injury risk in that time. Are you
0: any more relaxed now? You know that Warren's going to, you know, Gatlin's going to drop in a load of second stringers now. I'm
1: extremely, I would be extremely angry if anyone who went on the field last week uh, gets anywhere near a game for the next two weeks, but still, you know, Wales... The World Cup is about depth. <laughs> There's gonna be no relaxing for yeah. the next month. I mean, we sort of forget like it's like oh yeah, we've got to get to the how many players to get fucking injured in the knockouts in the war... in the group stages, you know? It's like weren't Wales down to Tyler Ardron
0: in twenty fifteen? Or am uh, yes. my misremembering. Was he in the squad?
1: Yeah, Tyler Morgan. Tyler Morgan, uh, sorry. Yeah. Who's Tyler Ardron? I, I don't know. I know that, that name. name.
0: Yeah. Um, why don't I know Tyler? He must be someone because it's in my
1: head. Oh, of course. He uh, was the Canadian back rower. He used to play for the Ospreys. Thank you. He was very good. He went to the Chiefs uh, and I miss him every day because he was very <laughs> miss good.
0: miss him so much you've forgotten who he is.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. To, well, Wales was, like Tyler Morgan looked to the man of uh at some point in that 2015 World Cup and I don't think he's... Another 13 he's with a scrum cap who looks belted. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and he's had about two camp. He was diagnosed as a type one diabetic uh, last year, actually, but um, which is perhaps some of the reasons why he's had all the injury problems in the last four years. But yeah, he has played like one game for Wales since. So you you never forget how much you know. Never discount how much depth you can need at a World Cup. I hope Rhys Webb's not going on all day. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah, shit, good. Uh, yeah, better add, didn't we? What we do first? Uh, shall we do? Shit.
0: The new Twitter desktop, that's shit.
1: Oh, I hate it. Awful. Awful interface. Obviously, I'll go they? on there
0: and copy shit goods so mm. I can put them in my notes. And or it's just way, become don't. fucking awful. <laughs> it's pasting <laughs> pictures in and links. Oh, it's a fucking nightmare. Yeah. So uh
1: Um shit for me is Marcel uh Kutzy getting injured Alster Back road did his ACL just before yeah. the two thousand fifteen World Cup and on Saturday he's hurt his ankle. Uh, and he's going to miss this World well. He's a fucking super Gav. Yeah, like he just got back in the Springbok team for the first time since that World Cup and he's playing well. And uh, it's just to miss two World Cups on the bounce due to a last minute injury is a fucker, to say the least.
0: Lots of shit. Six Nations rugby coming after our mate Squidge. Yeah. Is a bit shit. What? Although I've messaged him today and he, and he tells me that they've been in touch.
1: Yes, he's had a, he's had a mess- couple
0: of phone calls.
1: Yeah, I when I when he think about it on the weekend, I uh, was like, "Mate, I think this is a sort of thing that was done by an algorithm and a lawyer." And I bet if you get in touch with the Six Nations, they won't want that level of bad PR. And it seems that they don't, which no. is good.
0: So apparently, a lot of them have been reinstated, and the flags have been taken off, and it's all and
1: they're, good.
0: They're all trying to make it work. So. For once, Twitter is not a cesspool. It's no, a helpful, it's occasionally a force
1: for good. It's a Very helpful force
0: for good with our mate Squidge Robbie, as his real name is. Um, I've actually got a rugby life interview with him, which you can listen to if you're a patron. I'm probably going It was done quite a while ago, so I'll probably make it public soon so people can have a listen to it because it's it's worthwhile. Uh, right then, what have we got here? Else is in shit, the dead ball area gets in touch on Twitter. And says, shit is the constant moaning about world rankings. Yes, we agree. We've been through oh, that one. So much. <laughs> As you say, people only moan when it's somehow to do with some you don't like this number one. Yeah. Uh, Rugby Seconds gets in touch on Twitter at Blood and Mud and says, Australian players having things launch on the crowd at them during the defeat in New Zealand. I didn't see that, but if that's true, that's pretty disgraceful.
1: Yeah, fuck that for a game of soldiers. That's just nasty.
0: Have you got any more shit there, or am I just
1: doing our Uh, Twitter friends? Yes, no. uh, uh, One of the, to be honest, the shit is that the World Cup is still a month away, because um, today I uh, came across a random thread on Twitter where a load of Cardiff Airport fanboys, um, (laughs) which is a thing, which is a thing that exists, um, uh, are getting angry with the WRU and accusing them of being anti-Welsh and doing Welsh. Uh, businesses down because they flew to Turkey uh, to their hot weather camp from Bristol on Sunday um, Wait till you a... hear
0: about all the French people that fly from Geneva they're going to fucking lose all this <laughs> shit
1: <laughs> Well it's like I did some, I I was so sort of like both amused and incensed by this, I looked and if Team Wales had fl- wanted to fly from Cardiff they either would have had to have chartered a plane expensive, although we we're about to have got a flight um, from Cardiff to Amsterdam and then to Turkey, which would have taken nine and a half hours thereabouts. So instead, they went via that Bristol. That probably cost three times uh, as much. Yeah, and, and they went via Bristol and got a direct flight that was four hours. I can't imagine why Wales you know, decided to not put their players on a plane for nine hours to go to Turkey with a massive layover. In Amsterdam, that doesn't sound like a shit. Didn't they go right? like?
0: <laughs> they went in coach on EasyJet as well, didn't
1: they? There's like pictures of all. Yeah, they went there. Yeah. they went on Thomas Cook. It was just so like a chart. It wasn't a charter flight. They were just on a plane. It's like if we're getting that upset about these things, then it's, I it's think semi- World Cup needs to start immediately, if not sooner.
0: Dave McGee gets in touch on Twitter and says that shit is Clive Woodward moaning about George Ford not playing at nine. What? <laughs>
1: I'll oh, tell you what. I uh, read that that's, right. That's, Dave. One the, that's one of the stupidest things I've ever heard. Uh, apparently, <laughs> he's an emergency. Uh, he is going as a, He's doing some emergency nine training. I've he was heard, a scrum half
0: in but... league in the, the the short time he spent there. But it's a very very
1: different position in regulation. <laughs> well, yeah. And also, I I was struck because I always forget when you look at Ford, like quite how northern he is. And I was listening to speak, and I just thought, is that the reason why Danny Cipriani's face doesn't fit? Does Eddie Jones only want incredibly northern fly-offs?
0: He doesn't know how that... to get to the north, though. Did you hear that in the interview afterwards <laughs> when he talks really? about defending with thirteen people? And he went, not "Oh it. yeah, I've never, I've, I've not worked ten out in rugby league yet. I'll have to go up that highway that goes, what's it called? That highway that goes, that highway that goes, that highway that goes up to the north." Yeah, he meant the M6. He had no idea where the M6 was <laughs> to go to Wigan. <laughs> you try to make a joke, I but then mean... lost the detail, which is never good, is it?
1: I mean, has, we need to probably comment about Eddie's uh, shirt choice pre game. A few people, sheer, well. I've, I've, sheer number of buttons involved. Oh, well, he said or that. Owen Glindua got in say.
0: touch on Twitter and said, shit, was Eddie Jones's open necked, unbuttoned to the midriff shirt. The dopey twat looks like he's all aboard the Will Greenwood midlife crisis train. Um, he needs a lesson in number ones from Big Die Young. Yes, he does, Owen. <laughs> yeah, absolutely.
1: Honestly, though. Chloe the... also
0: got in touch and said that Eddie Jones's shirt collection and far too many buttons undone for my liking.
1: Yeah, if he's going to dress like that, I'd much rather him just wear England training gear forever, please. Um, yes. It was quite disconcerting. And his entire head
0: is gloriously bronzed at the minute as well, isn't it? It's it quite is, disconcerting.
1: He's never been bronzer. Um, yeah, ship for me was also Joe Seager without the ball. Um,
0: yeah, that's the thing, isn't
1: it? Yeah, Wales needed a week to work out that if you just kick the ball at him a lot... And, and early well, daily, yeah. and early daily to be fair as well. But like under the high ball, fucking hell, he was a bit. Big Joe was a bit of a liability, wasn't he? Like for a big man, he does not jump his weight.
0: Or um, <laughs> <Well, laughs> we maybe he say. does.
1: Yes. Yeah. I mean, he was giving eight inches and seven stone away to Lee Halfpenny, and Lee Halfpenny was just like, "Yeah, I'll take that. Thank you. Uh, yeah." Other teams will look at that, I fear. Yes. But I don't think there's much chance of Big Joe getting much game time outside of teams that England will comfortably beat and he'll score about 17 tries. No,
0: the, the incredibly more defensively sound Jack Noel will be having a look in, won't he? <laughs> oh,
1: I, I would imagine so. Yeah. Um,
0: Stephen Hancock gets in touch on Twitter. Hello, Stephen. He says, Shit is Scotland against France. Yes, he said, But shitter is fans calling for the crucifixion of players based on one staff, one friendly, basically. Yeah. No, I'm it's, all for that, Neil. Fantastic. Nail them up, I say. Nail some sense into them.
1: <laughs> Very good. Um,
0: uh, what else we have got? David, yeah. David Price gets in touch. He says, shit, he says, I did this earlier because he, he was a bit, you know, trigger happy with it. He said, um, shit is the French top 14 starting this weekend after a blink-and-you'll-miss-it 10-week break and even shorter break than the
1: Premier League football. It is a bit much, isn't it? I mean... Hashtag player welfare. Hashtag rugby values. Hashtag (laughs) vlog them until they break. Yes. Uh, Yeah, it's just shit, isn't it? There's absolutely no fucking way that they should be playing yet. I mean, when is the bloody... When are are Premiership and fucking Pro 14 aren't back until the end of September? You know, that's...
0: Well, well, they're not back until after the World Cup now, are they?
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Let's just have a quick dip into the lots and lots of Twitter that we had ab- about people moaning about Wales being number one. So I've picked <laughs> these two highlights. I am inevitable says shit is the little bitches who bemoan Wales's five minutes of fame in the rankings. He said, however, also good is the little bitches who are livid about Wales's being number one in the rankings. <laughs> and then Tom Griffith says shit is all the fucking whining from basically every fucking one about it not being deserved. If it's not funny, it's not banter. It's just England fans being ends."
1: Yeah, strong, strong
0: fans. Tom. It I must, like it. Yeah,
1: it's not just England fans either. It must be said. There's a, an awful lot of extremely humorous humorous Kiwi fans, and weirdly, a lot of really humorous American fans, who uh, one of whom suggested to me that it was some sort of Northern Hemisphere conspiracy that Wales were because the uh, World Rugby is based in Dublin, and that must mean that they are favour... they still? No, they're not based in Dublin anymore, are they? I don't even know, to I mean, be Dubai honest. Or I don't somewhere, care. Shit like that. Probably, but it's like if if it was a northern conspiracy, they've done a very poor job by allowing New Zealand to be number one for the last 10 years. Yeah, but you see, that's that, how because... they've done it, you
0: see.
1: Yeah, it's oh, sneaky, isn't
0: it? Yeah. <laughs> to
1: allow Wales that one week <laughs> of being number one in the world.
0: Final shit is Puffin Munchy. He says, Paul Gabriel. Gabriag. Oh, oh help me out. Gabriags. Gabriag. Yeah.
1: Gabriag.
0: Gabriag. Clear out on John Barkley. said, but good is that he's been banned for six weeks and he's out
1: of the World Cup. See, the thing ah, is. Is he out of the World Cup, though? Because he could be back for the England game. Oh.
0: But the thing is, I'm, I would, I'm not taking great delight in him being out. No. His technique was all. I think it was more of a terrible technique thing. He was kind of. He was going. He was, he was trying to attack the top of the rook without realising what... It was completely reckless, but it wasn't... Because mm. he was he was never going to be able to clear out because he was going downwards towards the ground yeah, the whole he was time.
1: Yeah, he was trying to fly in off his feet. Yes. Be honest. <laughs> yes. I was going for an entirely
0: different offence, Your Honour.
1: Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, I take no pleasure... I was actually going a
0: ram-raid the jewellers when I ran that old lady over. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I take absolutely no pleasure in him getting banned for it. He deserved to be banned for it. but um, I'm not yeah. happy he's
0: missing a World Cup, because I don't think well, it was deliberately awfully terrible. I think it was just really
1: reckless. I don't think he will miss the World Cup. I think that they'll be mad enough to pick him anyway, knowing that they can just get him fired up and ready for the England game, where he can just take Owen Farrell's head off or something. So
0: he's out, and they've brought Lambay in for this weekend. You know, I mean... Just,
1: just... <laughs> France's team against Scotland this weekend by the way is just full of dickheads It brought in
0: Lambay and Italia. it is just like yeah. go on
1: kill <laughs> <laughs> you will be judged on how much blood you're covered in that is not your own by the end of this game
0: uh, which brings uh, us on to good yes got any, my, my first good speaking of France is Antoine Dupont who I've realised has whatever the equivalent of council state strength is in France Absolutely. He has it. have you yeah. ever seen a little ball of strength as much as that he's little great. fucker and I the fact him. that his head is 40% of his volume, I've got a lot of time for that as well <laughs>
1: uh, also in that game, uh, Alivretti Raka, yes please yes. Um, he's like if Vakitao had ever bothered to learn how to play 15s uh, <laughs> it's
0: exactly it's, like that, yeah.
1: yeah. He's like he's a, he makes France about fifteen percent more entertaining just on his own. So I'm all in favour of this. I love that on. Rassing just, just
0: said, well, he doesn't know how to play fifteen, so we'll move into inside centre. That was their answer. Yeah. With, yeah. With Vakatawa, wasn't it?
1: Yeah. Yeah. And he hasn't there? been seen in an international no. shit since. What else we uh, thought good? Uh Sibin Nikosi, him and Cheslin Colby on either wing at the World Cup, you say. Uh, yes, indeed. With Willy Rue at fifteen, Herschel Yanties at nine. Oh Razzie, you are really spoiling us. Because <laughs> um, South Africa are usually dreadful to watch. By the time a World Cup comes around, they usually yeah yeah, yeah they usually like anti rugby. But this it seems like they could be like the most fun team in it because they're just full of lunatics. And I'm I'm absolutely it's here. It's genuinely for
0: it. going to be a crackerjack tournament in it. I fucked it. Yeah, man, but, it's, uh,
1: honestly, it's wide, It is wide open. So, in yeah, a way I mean, New Zealand I will still win happens. but it is wide
0: open oh. yeah. um, John Dixon gets in touch he said good as a New Zealand scrum that thing looks scary everything about that yes. looks scary yeah, Saturday, well,
1: yeah, Joe. on Saturday it did. It was, they were, I mean, the Australian scrum looked bad, which is good for Wales because their scrum looks extremely bad. <laughs> hey, uh, I'll tell you what,
0: I never, I mean, Rob Evans and Samson Lee look better the more time they don't spend in that scrum, honestly, don't they?
1: Rob Rob Evans desperately needs to get fit because we got Georgia first game and <laughs> scrummaging may be required in that game. Um, speaking of Wales on Saturday, actually, um, Josh Navidi, first game yeah, since... Yeah, we're since.
0: eating our words on that one, aren't we? A long oh, time. Oh.
1: Is, what I want to know is... Such is a good-looking Billy, lad
0: as well. Disturbingly good-looking.
1: Is Billy Vunapola allergic to white dudes in dread with dreadlocks? Is it like a long hair challenge? Yeah, did he have a bad time head, head. with Paul
0: Griffin once or something? You're not telling well, me it about
1: does does the long hair challenge his heteronormative oh, view of identity maybe whatever it is whenever our gap year throwback appears on the same field as big <laughs> Billy uh the unstoppable force suddenly stops I love it. I don't know what it is that Josh navidi does to make Billy Villapolo not work but he's incredible at it and I love tonight. it yeah he's just brilliant like honestly he shouldn't work. In a modern rugby, he's, he's too small to be a back row forward, really, mm. in the modern game. But he's fucking brilliant. I love he's him.
0: Obviously, very strong as an ox. Yeah, jackals his weight. He's got
1: he's got Iranian wrestler strength.
0: Yes, yes, he has got that, <laughs>
1: which is not often seen in rugby. It's but... not,
0: especially when you are from Cardiff. Um, um, no, Curtis niece gets in touch. He said, "Good was Lewis Ludden running around whacking people." Yeah, we covered that. The whacking people was good. Yeah. Um, in a perfectly legal way, he's not not overawed by it, which is a good basis. No, I think
1: I've got a lot of respect for how he's just basically bided his time and he just seems delighted to be there and more power to him for that.
0: Uh, Graham Gulvin gets in touch, he says, Good is AWJ generally just being an exceptional person.
1: Oh, that fucking video of him with the uh yeah, say so, yeah. oh god that absolutely broke me.
0: And he says and actually taking a different view on the Scotland game, Graham is Scottish, he says that Duncan Taylor surviving his first game intact for Scotland for ages and we still have Honestly, Gray that, that yeah. is
1: an absolutely definitely a good thing. We yeah. still
0: have Gray the Mish and Nell and Russell and everybody else to come back. So yeah, he's you know, yeah, that's right, Graham. But that's let's be a bit sanguine about it. Yeah. Yeah. Chris Jones ain't over, over yet. Chris Jones says, good was the brilliant piece of subtle shithousery by Ellis Genge that started the fight in the scrum, trying to lift Tom Francis's shirt up over his belly. <laughs> I fucking that love it. I love honestly, Ellis honestly, Genge.
1: He's great.
0: Him and Stinker on the field at the same time are going to cause us to lose a game at some point, but oh, 100%, I'm sorry. They're going to
1: cause you to end a game with 13
0: men. <laughs> Even if they don't, they're going to give away some yeah. stupid penalties, but it's yeah. just too much fun. So.
1: Yeah. Um, also good for me was uh, our Lord and Saviour uh, Matteo Minazzi. Uh, Start him on the wing, hat trick. I'm into it. Yeah, like David. It was Pe- against Russia. Yeah, but did you see his little face when he scored those tries?
0: David Cockley me genuinely dropping my cup mug of tea in happiness.
1: He is too special and pure for this world. <laughs> and, and it just like deli- oh, okay, I mean, on the flip side. Oh dear, Russia are going to have a bad World Cup. Oh dear, oh dear. Some of their defending out wide, for particularly for Minotsi's second, where he literally just ran in a straight line and neither Russian defender bothered to tackle him and he just ran straight in from the 22. That's not good. Who are they in a pool with? I can't remember. I'm going to find that out now and then. It's going to be awful. I hope it's the All Blacks because that could be a record score.
0: Why are you doing that?
1: Uh, why are you doing that? Yeah, continue.
0: Patricia gets in touch. She says, Good, speaking of the All Blacks, he said, Good is Sevu Reese and George Bridge, whose middle name is hilariously Crispin. <laughs> Brilliant facting. Brilliant that is facting. facting. <laughs> George yeah. Crispin Bridge. The fact that the All Blacks can drop a player as classy as Brand Smith, Ben Smith, sorry, and still dick the Wallabies is a little ter- terrifying. Yeah, it is.
1: Yeah, Reese is going to be a star in this World Cup, and it's going to make me feel slightly unpleasant about everything. Um, mm. So, uh, yeah. it's Ireland, Scotland, uh, Japan, Samoa that are in with Russia. I think Japan could score however many they want to in that game, yes. <laughs> as could Scotland, as could Ireland. As could, I mean, they've basically been picked in. With possibly the exception of Ireland, the most baller pool in the world. <laughs>
0: yes, Cup. they, are, aren't they? And... gonna get they're gonna get cut to
1: ribbons. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's it's not gonna go well.
0: Um Colin McBride said his good is that all the all good for him is all the right twats have had the piss boiled by Wales being top of the rankings. a lot of that coming through. You're <laughs> both in shit and good. I like that. Um <laughs> Big Phil gets in touch and he says he's good. He says that France's version of the Death Star, which is probably like the one from Robot Chicken, is looking fully operational once again. <laughs> yes.
1: I I don't believe it. And I will believe it when they are in the World Cup final, at which point I will profit off it handsomely.
0: <laughs> I'm, definitely, I'm doing this as soon as we stop recording. This. The, re- the recording of this podcast, ladies and gentlemen, has been an odyssey. It's been like the 12 trials of Hercules. Only with we less started.
1: It's currently 23 minutes past 10. And, and we started, we started at half seven. At, half seven. And and we've had
0: significant he, problems.
1: Yes. Some of the, probably the worst technical problems we have ever had. Yes. Uh, recording this podcast. And yet still, still we persisted.
0: We, so if there's any kind of weird sound changes through this, now you know why.
1: Because we've been yeah. battling. It's just a fucking miracle we're even here.
0: Uh, finally, Eben James says, Good, is Aaron Wainwright absolutely bossing it and making the Wales line out look not terrible for the first time in ages? Yes. And on that note, have you got anything else? Because my God, oh, this has been a long one.
1: Honestly, I just want to go to bed or sit down <laughs> or maybe have a <laughs> cry. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> we will see you next week when we will have cried our hearts out for about an hour. Uh-huh. So, Indeed. Speak to you all soon, Terra. Terra.
1: Oh no, is it everywhere? No, sure, stay and sort that out. We can have dinner another time. Amazing.
0: Whether it's cancelled plans,
1: (laughs) get in the kitchen and calm down,
0: or the need for a quick, convenient distraction. Introducing Goodfella's Mini Pizzas. Four mini
1: pizzas made with respect that cook in 11 minutes. Goodfella's Minis. Embrace the unexpected. Sports Social Podcast Network.
0: It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash.